You're watching No Go Zone with Henrik. The Jews are guilty. They should be occupied. They should be killed. And they should never get their rights. Earlier this week, when two monkeys from the Dallas Zoo disappeared. But there is good news. The Emperor Tamarin monkeys were, uh, on that, that uh, obviously is not a picture that uh, uh, we expected up there. Uh, we have uh, a, a zoo story we're telling here. And uh, apparently these monkeys vanished from the zoo. And now the suspected thief has also been found. Police say 24-year-old, um, okay, uh, <laughs> we're going to uh, step out of the story right now. And Matt Bro, we're going to talk about. That's right. We're going to, we're going to step out of this. <laughs> we're going to step out of the story right now. Holy shit. I like them cops there, huh? Man, talk about uh, incompetence on display. Holy shit. Overkill, uh, as it were. All right. Anyway, a little bit uh, unorthodox time here for you guys. Hope you're um, hope you're staying awake or maybe you're up early, depending on where you are. If you are tuning in live, uh, we'll see how many we do get uh, tuning in live today, since it's kind of well announced one hour here before we went live. It's going to do uh, no goes on yesterday, but just didn't pan out that way. A crazy schedule this week, so I thought let's try to get on maybe after we get the kids uh, to bed. So we'll see how this we'll see how this goes here. It's it's, it's about nine, um, well, 10, 11 minutes past nine here local time in northern idaho uh, i'm not sure what uh, what the time where you are but uh, anyway thank you for tuning in live if you're watching later in the archives uh thank you for tuning in we have a great show lined up for you today we gotta talk a little bit about this and that i i missed the whole discourse uh, kind of when it was raging the most <clears throat> over the starship troopers thing uh hence the title of the show and the the thumbnail and all that stuff but i do have a little bit on that it's it's kind of uh, it's quite hilarious to be honest to see the the admission the the, <clears throat> the when people be they leftists or you know progressives or just anti-whites or you know antifa uh, enthusiasts antifa enjoyers uh they do end up siding with uh with uh murders bugs over over humans quite a bit of an analogy in that too by the way uh all right so anyway good to be uh, good to be back with you guys yeah 7 a.m here <clears throat> yeah what, what do we have we have it'll be a laid-back show today won't be we're gonna be on as usual of course for uh tomorrow or depending on again what time zone you're in later uh this uh, evening for flashback friday uh but it's so it's thursday evening here guys we're gonna 
we're going to get some we're going to get some stories in here. So much going on. I just like can't keep up with can't keep up with all the shit that's uh, unfolding. So we get we get a Gotta ramp it up here with the shows. Can't can't miss one, right? Uh, all right. Yeah. What was someone else said? Looks like Henry's going to be my aerobics instructor this fine morning. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll try. We'll I'll, we'll see if we can keep you uh, <coughs> keep you pumped and motivated. We'll see how, how that goes. Carve uh, cocky. Good to uh, good to see. You. It was a while ago, I think. I think so. Anyway. Uh, all right. <clears throat> uh, Twelve a.m. Eastern in on on terrible Canada. Is, is that Ontario? On terrible. Nice. All right. As I said, laid back. Nice and laid back today. No, no, no snappy stuff. We had some. We had, we do have some uh, some good news, though. Uh, which is first, it was sad news. We thought that uh, David Irving, one of the uh, few. Well, I mean, there are there are a few, but he certainly was one of the, um, you know, I guess better known. And I hate the term, I'm not going to say revisionist, because that's not what it is. Revisionists are the people that are in charge now. They're actually revising uh, our history. Uh, but David Irving, he did what, the one of the only, like, biographies, uh, biograph- yeah, biographies, biographers, uh, biographies on, on Adolf Hitler, by the way. Uh, and, of course, he's, uh, he's covered a lot on, on, on the history around World War II, what happened in Germany and the war and all those kinds of things, right? Uh, and we thought he had passed away. There was, uh, f- for some reason, that was just spreading. Kind of a, in a way, it's kind of a smart way of like kind of getting that message out, right? Because like, people are linking up some of their best videos they had, great quotes from David Irving and stuff like that, which is which is quite great, right? But uh, the sad news with it uh, is, of course, that he's getting older, right? He's eighty-five, I believe. Uh, and he's basically because because of a health uh, issue stepped back from from the limelight. Uh, but anyway, uh, David Irving here, D- Irving Books. I think this is like his someone else is curating. I think, uh, but they're saying uh, contrary to circulating rumors, we're relieved to share that David Irving remains with us. Though, as many of you know, he's currently facing health challenges. We appreciate the concern and support during his uh, during this time, and we'll continue to provide updates as appropriate. Thank you for the underst- your understanding. And respect for his privacy. Now he's he stepped back, I guess, a little bit. There were certain things that people said he changed this and that on, but whatever. Be be that as it may, his uh, his corpus remains. Right, the work he's done over his life uh, of being truly uh, one of the few brave historians that are uh, going against the grain. Uh, as they say, only dead fish, uh, you know, flow downstream, uh, and only those who are willing to fight and survive and get anywhere are those that flow. Uh, well, they don't flow with the stream. They they fight. They go upstream, right? Against the current. That's that's where you need to be. That's where the growth is. That's where the action is. That's where you get strong, right? And that's uh, that's what we were. That's part of what we're doing. What we're doing here as well. But anyway, uh, so we're glad to hear that he's alive. So that's good news. Uh, but yeah, sometimes uh, I, I don't know who started it. I'm actually not sure. Uh, the other one was uh, Rob Rondo, right? One of the um, Rise Above Movement, I guess he was founder, right? Or maybe he did it with a couple of other guys. Uh, he's been, uh, you know, in jail for, I forget how he was in Eastern Europe for a while. I, I haven't followed it that closely, but, you know, I see other people's posts and stuff like that. But he has, he has helped to set up various active clubs, uh, both in the U.S., but also in uh, European countries and things like that. Uh, and he was released... Uh, after here's an LA Times piece on this judge clears charges against alleged white supremacist says there is a bias against the far right. Yeah, you don't say you imprison people for, you know, basically taking part of a fist fight. 
uh, hunting him for, I think, a few years. And they finally, I forget, was it Romania or something like that, where they've you know caught the guy. Uh, and then he's been in jail for at least a year, I think, maybe longer. Uh, but anyway, yeah, the Rise Above movement. And now, so he's like, oh, great, he's he's out. This judge, this base judge comes along and just like, you know what, this is a, uh, this is a travesty of justice right here. Uh, they're obviously going after this guy. They're targeting him. He's already been in jail. Let's release him. What happens next? <clears throat> well, this is sad news here, right? Circuit court blocks judge's decision to release white supremacist for being selectively prosecuted. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals issued an emergency stay Thursday. There was just uh, the kvetching was just never stopped on the interwebs. And uh, lots of leftists were just, this guy needs to be in prison. So I'm not sure uh, at the time of the article when that was written, he had um, not been, let me see here, Thursday night around, had, had been taken into custody. Okay, that's what they report latest on what I saw at least. He was not he was not in custody yet, but now I guess he is again then. Uh, so that's how, that's how it goes, right? Which just shows you just the, the incredible um, way that they're going after people with this type of, of lawfare, right? Again, anybody who's, a, you know, a, you know, role model or anybody that does something or, you know, especially they especially hate, of course, things that when you organize, uh, you know, kind of IRL and things like that. Uh, whether that's you know forming active clubs or forming community or whatever it is, right? Uh, they obviously can't tolerate think you know people you know talking about their concerns and our issues that we face on the on the internet, online, on social media platforms. Obviously, uh, but this is just absurd, right? So we'll see. We'll, we'll follow this and see what happened here. Uh, Ronda was released from custody at some point yesterday evening, as you may have seen. We petitioned the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals. To stay the release order, which was granted this morning, Ronda was taken into custody this evening by the FBI. Read a statement from the uh, the office, the attorneys, uh, the U.S. Attorney's Office in the Central District of California. All right, yeah, goddamn it, I'm not going to go through all this, but uh, that's how insane it is. Uh, going after them, as it were. All right, what do we got here? We have uh, maybe next time. Got a couple of super chats here. We'll uh, we'll check those off. It says, uh, "Woo, red ice." Thank you. Maybe next time. Good to see you. Thank you for tuning in live. We got fourteen eighty eight from Alp Alpini Cap. Uh, says, "What a pleasant surprise to see you on." I just finished putting the kids to bed as well. You and Lana are the coolest family in the movement. Thank you. Well, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Thank you for your support. Um, yeah, kids to bed, and then you get a little bit of time over. I thought, yeah, we can squeeze. We can squeeze in a stream here, since we didn't do it yesterday. All right. Odd timing, yeah, yeah, it's an odd timing, but it, it is what it is. What do we have here? We got, let me see, yeah, almost 100 there, almost 200 there. What is it, the other one? I got to check Twitter, I guess, but two, yeah, maybe two, two, three hundred, something like that watching. So it's not usual numbers, but it, but it doesn't matter. I'm glad to here, be here with you guys. All right, um, so, so some, uh, that, that was some, well, some good news and some bad news. I guess we're back, we're back to the good news here. Check this out. Incredible. Who could have who could have thunk it? The Wall Street Journal is reporting here that Vice Media is to stop publishing on Vice.com. Plans to cut hundreds of jobs. And oh, I should I, I have to. We have we have to show a couple of our favorites, right? A couple of our favorite now they could be some maybe they will do you know, some video reporting thing or whatever. We're not sure sure, but there's been financial troubles here for Vice for a long time. Uh, Fortress, right, was the uh, current owner. They bought it. They tried to sell it off. 
wasn't George Soros that stepped in with like tons of money or whatever. Um, Cuts follows failed effort by Owner Fortress to sell embattled digital publishers and its brands. Remember they sold off, was it a couple of weeks? We reported they sold off, um, I think that was Vice, was it not? The, uh, like the the uh, Tasty or something like their food, their food websites or shit like that. Uh, but yeah, what could, what could possibly be the reason such great journalistic endeavors fail in such extraordinary capacity that they have? And this is, again, with valuations of... I think it was, was it like 100 billion, something ridiculous. Let's see if we can find that. Um, of, oh, was that BuzzFeed maybe? Vice has to be more. Um, in 20, let's say 2019. Valuation of Vice. Mm, okay, no, I, I overshot that quite, quite a bit. But still, still 5.7 billion in 2017. What was it? Was it BuzzFeed? What was that? Let's see, valuation of... Let me just see here. I'm curious. BuzzFeed. What was that in 2019? Uh, 1.5... Maybe I was just thinking of the, in the hundreds of millions. 1.5 billion. I thought it was like 20 billion or something ridiculous like that. But maybe that maybe that was at one point uh, their high... You know, maybe, maybe like... Maybe 2017, 80, like Trump has been in. It's a lot of... I don't know. But anyway, it's way too much, regardless. Whatever the hell, however many billions it is, it's it's much too much. Um, so anyway, a couple of favorite clips here from our um, some of the production here uh, that they were doing over at Vice. And there it is. Meet Venezuela's transgender ketamine dealers. Why gender fluidity, hard drugs, and crippling poverty are a match made in heaven. Yep, there it is. And uh, how about this classic here? As they try to rehabilitate, uh, they're doing sympathy pieces for sex offenders. Rapists? You know how they change the language. Pedophiles is just um, uh, child abuse, right? They re rewrite it, those kinds of things. They don't call it what it actually is. Um, and, of course, it uh, the one of the liberal producers is at Vice here, as they're finishing off the production of this uh, sympathy piece for the sex offender, gets a little bit of a surprise uh, from the black pervert at the end of the production. We all out here in this world, and we all got to make it happen. It ain't nothing stopping me, so, like... I'm very hopeful and confident. After this interview, Ashif sent a picture of his penis to our producer. <laughs> That's what you get. Dick pics. Mud dick. In your face. Uh, all right. So anyway, so who, who could have, who could have thought, who could have thunk it that why, Vice, I said Weiss, Vice was uh, set to go under in this stunning and capacity, in this incredible way. Uh, all right, so, so uh, great news. It means that um, with billions, uh, literally, like at their disposals and valuations and uh, hundreds of millions in funding over the years and stuff, they, they just they could not survive. Because people are shit and tired of the... F they're fed up with the leftist bullshit, the anti-white nonsense garbage. Was it vice was like to, participatory in like doxing people and all that shit too? 
yeah, it's a, it's a treat watching these media companies that have helped to destroy a lot of people's lives. They're doing the kind of work that we do over the years, right? Number of hit pieces. And again, the, these as these journalistic uh, endeavors, and journalistic, that's, that's a generous term, and the, as these Antifa smear job endeavors uh, go under one by one, uh, their footnotes will, of course, remain on all of our Wikipedia pages to, to back up of just how horrible, what horrible people we are. We'll get to that a little bit later here when it comes to, like, basically what we need to do and uh, when it comes down to, like, which, which way forward? How do, how do we move forward from this, right? Uh, it's actually pretty, actually pretty simple. Uh, to be honest. Um, this happened as well over the last couple of we, we used to, uh, you know, monitor a lot uh, solar activity, right? I always thought that was uh, kind of fascinating. Why? Well, because these things can be civilization-ending events, which is kind of interesting. Uh, now, there's been some of these in the past, large uh, coronal mass ejections. They call them um, solar flares as well. And uh, we had three popping off, I think, over the last mm, 36 or so hours, uh, starting with two minor ones. Like a, they have this grade, kind of like they do the, uh, you know, the Richter, Richter scale, right, for earthquakes and stuff like that. Uh, it was like a X1 and then was like a 1.5 or something, something to that effect um, earlier. Now, one of them hit, I think, directly. It's when they hit directly towards the Earth, right, that that can actually be, you know, a, a problem for... Uh, our technology, uh, communications especially, especially radio initially, but of course if it's powerful enough, it would fry everything, right? It's known as a Carrington event when you go, if we go back to the 18, was it mid-1800, something like that, uh, after Richard, was it Richard Carrington, uh, where basically uh, telegraph, you know, lines and things like that was, was, was fried essentially and uh, all manners of technology that they had at that time, uh, you know, had massive uh, damages done it because of this, uh, you know, these flares. Uh, but so we had an X6 uh, class here uh, a few hours ago. Now, apparently it was like an unrelated, uh, like an unrelated um, down, down, downage, is what it's called, <laughs> outage, outage uh, of uh, cell phone um, traffic, I think, in the U.S. and stuff like that. But apparently that was unrelated because the main, you could kind of see where, where these flares actually hit or where they affect um, you know, our magnetosphere the most, and apparently this was more over Western Africa and Asia or something like that, so it was unrelated. But the point is, this shit could happen anytime, right? It's going to be this solar cycle, the next one, or the next one. It goes with this 11-year 11, 11 cycles, right? And everyone is basically, like, just waiting for the big one, you know, because it could happen at any point, and, and we'd be we'd be screwed, you know, in its current form as, as we have our societies set up currently, right? Uh, so anyways, we had some of those. Um, yeah, X6.3 flare occurred. They got satellites and stuff and, you know, monitoring this, whatever. Um, this might generally be one of the most gorgeous solar eruptions I've ever seen. Uh, said a, it was a British solar astrophysicist here on uh, twi Twitter. Triggered by last night's X-class solar flare. Just look at the way the falling material lands above the magnetic field before flowing back down to the sun. There's a little... Video for you here too. No, Muslims and oh, that's that was that was not the right one. Where are we here? Oh shit! There we go. <clears throat> got a little uh, got a little sargon in there. Let's uh, go back in this clip. There we go. Look at that. Giblamo. I think that was one of the weaker ones. I don't think that was the six. Was that the six one? Because I think the six point whatever one was like up in the top left, you know, side of the sun, seen from our perspective, and um, it was more direct. I think. 
Uh, so anyway, so that's that's the uh, solar flares for you right there. Yeah, what do we have here? Uh, the Virginia Drifter. Wow, red eyes at midnight. That's right, sir. Anytime you'll stream is a good time. I'm curious to get your take, Henry, uh, on how long you think we'll be able to speak openly on X. My feed is an endless stream of the most damning uh, evidence against the criminal class and the and anti-whites that I've ever seen on one platform. Yeah, and it's it's gone. It's been restricted now, right? A lot of Excuse me. A lot of accounts, the way they, um, you know, I mean, yeah, Jared Taylor has been gone for a while. Kevin McDonald was booted off. Mark Collett was booted off. But, um, you know, Lucas Gage lost his. Sam Parker had his throttled. Uh, there's a number of these. Uh, was What was it again I heard? Was it was it Talcum X that lost? I think he lost his Facebook. He had like six million followers over there. Maybe that's less so of, an, of a surprise, obviously. But again, he's kind of, he's like a, you know, a system puppet, right? He's an anti-white piece of shit. But then he goes off on, on the Israel and the Gaza stuff, and uh, th that's it, you know? The uh, the Jews got mad, and they they got him off the platform. You know, Zuckerberg, I guess, was, you know, he, he's invested. He has, he has a dog in the fight, I guess, so he, he booted him off, which is quite surprising. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, the window is shrinking. Let me put it that way, Virginia Drifter window is shrinking unfortunately it was fun while it lasted and you, you i think we still have some time here and there but it, it's it's if current trends continue it's going to be shrinking uh you know more and more unfortunately uh, on twitter or on x uh but we'll hang in there we'll, we'll take it as long as we can we'll take it but uh no i don't uh, don't trust musk at all in terms of what's going on with that he was down and uh, getting bribed or bribed he was blackmailed down in israel uh so apparently this happened as well apparently there was a I don't know what you guys think of this, but apparently there was something uh, man-made landed on the moon today. Intuitive Machines lands on the moon in historic first for a U.S. company. Um, Intuitive Machines Nova Sea cargo lander named Odysseus. After the mythological Greek hero is the first U.S. spacecraft to soft land on the lunar surface since 1972. Can they take a photograph of the Indian Lander, are they close? I, look, I know that people show, they show you a graphic representation. And then there's people on our side that take that and say, look at how fake and gay this looks. This is obviously not real, which it's not. It's CGI, right? But uh, can we get some, can we get some real pictures? Was it the Indian one that supposedly took a photo and sent back of the uh, Apollo landing site or, or some, something like that. Maybe I got that wrong. I think we've actually been to the moon. I think I think Ger the German, um, <clears throat> you know, German ingenuity, German uh, engineering, and so forth is what helped to get America there. But there seems, but I'll, but I put the caveat around it. I think there's a lot of weird things, and and maybe that's because they faked part of things or something. But you know. When you get into it with their own internal communication systems and some of those leaks tapes about how they, they talk about, you know, the kind of stuff that the public at that time did not get to hear about, like, these weird boulders on the moon and they're talking about weird things that they're seeing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. It's like, why would they, if they, why would they fake that if that was, you know, not real? There's all these interesting things with it. But anyway, look, anything is, anything is possible with these things. Uh, but anyway, so now they're claiming... That this company here has uh, pulled off a, a moon landing. Government agencies have carried out all previously successful missions. The company's stock surged in extended trading Thursday 
after falling 11% in regular trading. Okay, I guess this is one of the uh, photos here, I guess. The IM1 lander, Odysseus, uh, in lunar orbit, alleged, allegedly on February 21st, 2024. Now, there was a... Yeah, there's usually there's a graphic, you know, representation that they have, but there was a, I think, a video from the control room here. Yes, let's check this out here. Uh, U.S., but it's really a company, I guess a U.S.-based company, lands unmanned uh, Odysseus spacecraft on the moon. Now, again, can they can they take a picture of the Indian one? If the Indian one took a picture of the Apollo one, can we, you know, I, I guess I have to search for it. I, I, I didn't bother before, but... Can we get something to take a picture of the Indian one and then they to get the picture? Like, I'd, I'd love to see it because most of the times, yes, these media companies, they just used a rehashed CGI version of what it is, right? Or what it's supposed to be, or this is how it looks like. And the Indian one's just like so bad, too. It was like them with like two bright colors. It was, I don't know, it's just very Indian, you know what I mean? Uh, all right, anyway, let's listen to this. Uh, how we can refine that signal and uh, dial in the pointing for our dishes. What we can confirm, without a doubt, is our equipment is on the surface of the moon, and we are transmitting. So, congratulations, IM team. We'll see how much more we can get from that. An excellent call from our mission director, Dr. Tim Crane. And over to our CEO, Steve Altman. The what? The Lachaim? Go for Lachaim? Go for crime? CEO, Steve Altman. Yeah. And over to our CEO, Steve Altman. Yeah, if I could just pass on a few words to the entire team in uh, in Tudor Machines at Superbab and here in the the, uh, Mission Control. Uh, What an outstanding effort. I know this was a nail-biter, but we are on the the surface, and we are transmitting. And uh, welcome to the moon. Welcome to the moon. Houston, Odysseus has found his new home. How, Ooh, uh, how about that symbolism? About that call, Gary, that was something else, a faint signal. Now it's time to work on refining that signal. It's a little bit too, like, too sports event or maybe bought an MMA fight is that what it did <laughs> the, the setup here with the i don't know but dr tim crane our mission director look there, there's shit that they've faked and they will probably continue to fa- I, I get all that i just i still think um uh, personally i don't think the earth is, earth is flat uh i think there's planets out there and i think uh i think we've been to the moon but there's a lot of co- there's a lot of cover-up there's a lot of weird things and there's a lot of uh, probably fake things either to use NASA as a slush fund or to, you know, the, the corruption alone in these institutions and these agencies and stuff like all, all that's, I, I think is like true, you know what I mean? Um, but you know, apparently they have those, you know, lasers or whatever, right? They said they send back and measure and you they have a mirror a receptive thing and whatever they could, you know, they, they've been some, Someone has been there, obviously. So <laughs> I think so, anyway. Today, make is this re- this particular one? Is this real? I don't know, right? I don't know. Call. Odysseus has a new home. It shows the disciplines of the flight controllers in Nova Control. They waited until there was absolutely. Uh, I'm always down to the like. I just I just want to see it. You know what I mean? And I don't want to see a CGI version of what they're saying that they have done. I want to see the actual thing. And if that actually take, I, mean, I forget something. What is it? Well, the moon is within the Van Allen belt, obviously, right? But it's something about you know transmission and stuff. But apparently, that they've got have gotten better at, at that, right? Usually, you know, it's 
black, grainy or black and white footage or whatever. Take digital footage up there then, and then when you return with it, I, I don't know if it is going to return. Maybe it, maybe it's not. Uh, but if it is, I think it is because I think they're taking samples and shit like that. Send you know, give give it, take that back, and then we can see the footage, right? Soon they're gonna be so good with the AI shit though, no one's gonna be able to tell. That's what the, like there's that window here, like we might, and maybe we've already passed that to be honest. Like if we the plebes can play around with the type of AI we're now seeing, they probably had this shit for <laughs> a few decades. I wouldn't be surprised. Confirmation that there was a signal, and then that was when they took the moment to celebrate. We saw that it wasn't just the individuals in Nova Control that contributed to the mission. The contributions to enable the success of Nova Seas landing on the moon stretches far and wide. We showed, of course, some of the folks watching there, but really it extends even farther than this. A wonderful and truly amazing moment to celebrate. The U.S. has landed on the moon once again. All right, not a big uh, not a big thing. We're supposed to believe it's 70-some-odd years later. Here's another one, right? Uh, is this a real photo? I think that they're claiming that's a real photo, right? All right. Anyway, we'll see if there's any actual video uh, like from there coming out. I'd, I'd love to see that. I'd love to see that. But uh, yeah, apparently they're they're claiming that they're going to go back now and they're going to do stuff and they're going to use it as a launch launch pad towards Mars and shit like that. We'll see what happens. Gunnar Gunn says uh, over on Rumble here. Vince complained about the cold there in Idaho. I asked if he saw you running by in the buff with sword and shield. Yeah, a couple of times. Huh? I bumped him to him in the uh, hockey rinks uh, for the most part. Uh, not not only there, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, I don't mind the cold. I, I grew up like that. I mean, I, th I think Vince is like California, right? For the most part of most part of his life, I believe. So yeah, that would that would probably be hard. It, you know, darkness during winter and stuff. But they, for, to me, it's like being you know in Sweden. So I'm fine. <laughs> I, I I enjoy it. In, in fact, I'm just more disappointed when it's not like a proper winter. You know, you want you want snow. You want to have it real cold. That's I hate the soggy, the muddy, soggy stuff. That's that's almost worse. Just give me a proper winter. We're we're good to go. Thank you, Gunnar. Appreciate that. Uh, okay. So, is that it for the space news? <laughs> I think so. Um, maybe now's a good time to get into. Yeah, let's let's get into here. Uh, t -t -t apparently, uh, Sargon here of uh, Akkad is Arkad, Arkad, Sargon of Akkad. What's his name? Carl Benjamin. That's right. Uh, debated some Muslim here. Narinder, I'm just as British as you, bro. Also, run it, Narinder. We must import the world because I feel uncomfortable around Brits. Check it out. I've never been accepted because of you know the only place I've ever felt accepted. And you've bought it up quite a lot in London. I don't feel the color of my skin in London. It's London. so multicultural. Every, you can be what you want to be. But anywhere else in this country, I feel the color. I've never been You feel Okay, well, good. Maybe it's time to go home then, Narinder. Maybe that's what it is. Now, the, the other one here that came out, uh, the clip is, is fascinating because we've had... This battle has been going on for a while, but the per capita battle is always... Uh, the, the, the struggle continues to try to get these people to understand what that is and, and how that works. And, you know, if you're, um, you know, only, uh, say, 5% of a country uh, and you're 30% of the prison population, or they actually, whatever the actual statistics is in the U.S., uh, the, the U.K., uh, you know, then you're overrepresented, right? But this is very hard. It was a great tweet 
Man, I should have saved it down. It was like some, <laughs> some black guy talking. Oh, there was like white. How many white single moms there are? Oh, majority of, of white. Uh, majority of single moms are white. And then the uh, reply guy comes in, and all the black guy is like, "Bro, they're gonna hit you with the per capita stuff. Like you, can't, <laughs> you say this and this to avoid it. Like there's no escaping this." Anyway, so let's uh, check it out here. Uh, Narinder's high IQ. I wonder what's going through the head of, of uh, you know, fence sitter, centrist Carl Benjamin uh, Sargon here as all this is happening. Still, he still thinks individual, you know, liberty and us not uh, racially organizing is going to sort this out, or what? What does he? What does he think when when he does an interview like this? Like some massively overrepresented in prisons. White people are overrepresented in prison. No, they're underrepresented. I don't know. That's not true, Carl. It, it is absolutely None true. of this is true. No, it's you are just making true. up things. I'm not this making up anything. It's not true. Are you Why saying, would I make it up? Are you saying our prisons are actually a majority black and brown people? Why does it have to be majority? No. Why does it have to be majority? But then what is it then? Well, it's something like 30% black. But right, like, okay, so then it's not. So therefore, it's still white, more white people. Yeah, but this is per capita. But out of, out of a population of 3% black, uh, if the prison population is 30% black, it should be 3% black to be accurately represented, right? You said it's 30%. I need to see that. I don't believe yeah, that at all. Well, I don't believe that at all. Maybe. I wonder what the, uh, what the thought process is here of Carl Benjamin when he has that go through, go through something like this. Right? Is that coin ever going to drop for Carl Benjamin? Like, what, what, <laughs> like can't, at what point can we begin to organize? Maybe, hopefully, then move in that direction. I, I'm not sure, you know, if, if you actually will. But uh, at some point, we'll see what happens. Remember that clip with Charlie Kirk and Tucker and stuff like that? Now, they talked about that this was some, like, secret conspiracy, that that's what I actually want. No, the, 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 actually, the, this is why they've been calling us racist for such a long time, right? Because it's actually the worst thing that white people can do is to collectively, collectively organize. And we'll get into that a bit more here, a little bit, too, as we approach the the uh, starship trooper theme a little bit and uh, the bug the bug like or either we're i guess either we're you know uh, space fascist or space racists uh, uh, or or we're like we're gonna have to side with the the bugs that are trying to kill us and that's basically like how the uh, cookie crumbles for leftists i guess and and they know what side they're on but we can begin the segment looking at um a guy from uh, an invader an orc from nicaragua who stole a a truck this is in montgomery county uh in maryland um, who cost uh, quite a bit of mayhem here in uh, uh, in in the aftermath of this? Let's uh, check it out. I don't think there's audio on this clip here too. But what happens when you uh, <clears throat> bring in the orcs into the Shire? Quite a bit of cop cars there too, by the way. I wonder if they're going to react like they did in that uh, the opening clip. That was just, that was just hilarious. It's just complete like roid roid rage cops. <laughs> in this case, it's like, yeah, actually, do can you actually do something about this? It's it's always in the wrong it's always in the wrong place. It's fascinating how that works, right? Or the wrong place, but it's always in the, in, in, against the wrong crowd, I guess. Like the the, the, the over over policing, right? Over. Um, you know, over acting or what do you call it? Like, oh, just going after these people like like, like uh, uh, crazy when he doesn't deserve it. And then there's shit like that happened. And now it's a hands. I'm not saying this is what happened afterwards, but I'm saying, you know, that's kind of where we find ourselves. It's a hands off approach. He's like, oh, well, you see, this is a an illegal migrant. So there's nothing we can do. Didn't they just let them go in New York? Remember, or out, uh, not even bail. They didn't even have clear bail. They just let them out right away. 
Oh, they'll probably come back to their court, set court date later. So this is what it is, folks. This is what we're dealing with. Now, do you guys remember, this is always fascinating too, regarding, you know, inviting the orcs in. Everyone always wants everyone else to do it, right? We've seen, now there are, granted, there are a couple of those, you know, stories and a couple of local news reports that have been done. We showed some of these families in, uh, was it, uh, uh, what's the call again? Oh, I forget the area, but it was in Massachusetts, I think, uh, where they invited in refugees. And we've seen this in Germany and Sweden, too. And so occasionally that happens, unless it's just like mostly a photo op, right? They Maybe it's a, maybe those pieces are just propaganda pieces, essentially just saying, oh, look at this good family taking in these refugees. Things are great. We're praising them. And then they hope that that will have some kind of like runoff effect and other people will actually go on to do it. But, but regardless, most people think, of course, we should let these people in. Well, these days, maybe it's a little different, but specifically in Sweden, it's so uh, the, the the media environment and the, the social pressure is so strong, right? There's like, you can't be, you can't be racist, right? You have to say, of course, we should let in refugees. Would you, would you consider taking one in yourself? Oh, sure. Definitely. Right. And then, you know, remember that clip that wheel out a guy and it's like, well, here's, here's Muhammad right now. Can you let him in? Now there's a subtitle here. Uh, so check this out, but it's just, it's, it's a classic one to keep in mind. Um, just how bad it is out there with many of these liberals that are like, oh, of course we should help and we should take in the refugees and blah, blah, blah. And as soon as they actually get an opportunity to show the true colors, no, then it should be someone else's problem. Obviously. Check this out here. So he said, uh, should we take in refugees? Absolutely. Uh, if you were asked, would you also take a refugee into your home? They got Ali here. He's looking for a place. Could he follow you home? Could he follow you home right now? I don't have any room. <laughs> of course you don't. Mañana, tomorrow. I think They always say excuses. Should we take in refugees? Yes. Should we help these people? Absolutely. Everyone says yes. Okay, well, you do something about it now. Excuses, excuses. Tomorrow, another day. <laughs> I think it's pressing. Well, can we uh, we'll meet up later? What's your now? Give us no. These people will just walk out on them. Anyway, it's just something, something to keep in mind. It's just great when they do those kinds of clips, right? Um, they will never, they will never take the responsibility themselves. But yet somehow, magically, 
And you know that this is how majority of them would actually be when it happens. Maybe a handful, as I said, you know, that actually have the, the, the space or the time or the effort or anything like that, right? So somebody should be offset on someone else all the time. Uh, and so basically, these are, you know, we invite these people into our countries and they're like big, brown, cuddly teddy bears, essentially, right? Um, now, we'll get to the Starship Troopers here in a little bit, and it, yeah, it kind of flows into each other, I guess, because it, cause it's like, well, whether it's bugs, as it was in Starship Troopers, or whether they think that this is some kind of like pet that they're taking in, um, there it's always this, you know, the, the, the fake kind of altruism, which is kind of weird, because like, where is it coming from? Why can't they just then put down their foot and say, like, actually, no, if I don't want them in my home, who would? Right? Kind of, like, they will never follow through on that. I guess it's just down to the propaganda. It's just down to the brainwashing, down to the social pressure, the peer pressure that, like, the worst thing you can be is a racist, right? And you'll do anything, anything to just avoid that. Uh, unless, of course, in this situation, you're, you're actually pushed up against the wall. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like you're actually for, like, all right, now is your chance to do something. Will you take him in? No, uh, definitely not. All right. Uh, <clears throat> now, here's uh, here's too funny before we get to the Starship Trooper one here. Check this out. Let's back to the U.S. here. Because it's always, you know, wh- whitey bad, right? We We, we, we breathe... Uh, the freshest air, apparently, right? We, we our very presence is uh, contributing to pollution. Uh, apparently, we we sleep better than non-whites, and you know, like a- every aspect of our lives, we, we white people are to blame, right? So here's the uh, headline here: Black and brown Minnesotans get worse sleep than sleep than white people. Researchers at the University of Minnesota says it's hurting their health. Now we've heard of you know. The reason why, you know, blacks are overweight is because of racism, you know, things like this, right? Research connects, uh, yeah, research connects poor sleep to obesity, hypertension, and even death. Scientists at the University of Minnesota are exploring how sleep problems perpetuate health disparities. Now, wait for it here. Someone, <laughs> someone pull out the, the paragraph here. Here, here. here it is. Now, this is, this is just... <clears throat> Amazing stuff here. One one example uh, where I, ha- I have to find my, where is it? Let me keep reading as I do this here. Uh, one example. In many Somali homes in the Twin Cities, smoke detectors with low batteries beep around the clock. <laughs> like, really? Many believe that the devices beep when they're working properly. Abditafa said, or that it's the or that it's the landlord's responsibility to fix them. Such misinformation could be corrected with a community-wide effort. <sighs> yep. I don't think it is a joke, to be honest. I don't think it is a joke. You never know, but I, I did Sahara. Sahan Journal. No, I think that's out of that's out of Minnesota, right there. I guess it, sometimes you need to you confirm <laughs> the headline, but I, it's it's highly plausible considering everything we've seen in reason. It wouldn't be it was it wouldn't be out of the question that this kind of stuff is going on, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. oh, here's one more. Check this one out. This is funny. Uh, was it Judge Judy? 
Speaking of <clears throat> basketball Americans here, uh, Vi America 2024, uh, even Judge Judy sniffs it out. Um, thinking about taking, right? Yes, I went overseas for deployments, but never station. Oh, but where did you go for on your deployment? Um, Bahrain, Dubai, Greece, Italy, okay. and all over. Did you like it? Yeah, it was a great experience. Yeah, good. Yeah. What about you? Only Virginia. Only Virginia? Only Virginia. How did you become disabled in Virginia? <laughs> <laughs> I have no I mean, idea. You're on a mili you said you're on a military disability. So, you know, I could understand if you deployed someplace else. Mm. Uh, I have no idea. You have no idea what? Look, right here. Why I, um, I guess became disabled. Just mentally, I guess. Mentally. Well, you applied for a disability from the Army. He whispered something what? to her, look. I said, mentally, mentally, mentally. Just my own <laughs> curiosity, I have to see how this is going. How much is your disability benefit what? from the Army? 2000 A month? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. It's not an answer. Yes, it's an answer. What about you? Same. And is your disability mental or physical? Both. Both. Well, your physical disability doesn't inhibit you from being a crane operator. Mm -hmm. No, not really. <laughs> <clears throat> Yes, of course you do. Okay. So yeah, there you go. They, they take and they take and they take and they drain on the system. And even Judge Judy um, sniffs it out. <laughs> it's it's incredible, right? All right, uh, all right. That's a, a big a big surprise. But you know, diversity is our greatest strength. As we head into super great, uh, super super incredible, wonderfully economic conditions, right? I guess we have uh, what is her her counterpart, Judge Judy. There, her uh, her her peer, uh, what Israel Zangwill to thank for that? Primarily, there's others, certainly others, of course. Uh, okay, so we got to do that. So we have to do the Starship Troopers thing here a little bit. Now, now as I said, I was a little bit kind of late and late and gay to this one, but it's always fascinating when uh, when this this. These discussions. I mean, it has happened many times before on the internet. I, you know, forget how many times. Probably three, four times uh, prior. And these these things go viral, where it's like there's a fight between usually just you know right wingers and leftists, essentially. But weaved into that, you have this like you know anti white, obviously sentiments and stuff like that too. Um, regarding you know the framing that like Starship Troopers is obviously you know kind of the movie here. Not Robert Heinlein's, you know, uh, book, right? That that is the foundation of the of the movie. That it's like you know over the top, you know, fascism, right? Essentially, <laughs> in the movie, and it's like cartoonish and stuff like that. Now it's kind of hard to pin down. Uh, the was it the director uh, uh, Paul Verhoeven, I think it is, or something like that. It's interesting because I think he did a pretty good job overall. Um, it feels like it is cartoonish, but it's kind of like, how do I put it? It's kind of, in a way, it's not meant to be, right? It, there's obviously a distortion here from, from, from the book and stuff. But even as the movie is, I think it actually kind of works, right? Interesting scene with the guy without the hand, um, who's generally lost it. He's talking about, you know, duty and citizenship and stuff like that. I think, I think what it boils down to is that the transvaluation of values that Hollywood had been so effective at destroying or, or perverting or changing, right? 
it's always just that every time it's a we have to identify with the outsider or the underdog or who's the victim, right? And this is for obvious, you know, ethnocentric reason on a part of those who's behind Hollywood, Jews, um, to, to put themselves in a favorable light and be like, you know, uh, that we are always like questioning like, well, are we, are we really the good ones, right? It kind of comes down to that. Oh, are we really? And, and if we're not, you know, if we're, if we're not, then you open your door to letting your enemy conquer you, right? Which is part of the, the dynamic of how Hollywood has been so incredibly powerful as a, as a weapon against us, right? But it's kind of interesting in a, in, a, in a situation like this when it comes to the discussion over Starship, Starship Troopers because it's so cut and dry as in many regards. I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't more complicated stories, but for the most part, you know, you go back to folklore in like European history or things like that or even like... Uh, uh, Brothers Grimm stories or, you know, things like that. It's it's not always like this, but it's like, here's here's a dragon and it's bad. Here's the hero and he slays the dragon, you know, kind of thing. And in this case, you have these disgusting, uh, ugly bugs that basically, you know, which the left is never bring up, attacked the earth first, remember? And then they go to the planet to basically, you know, exterminate them and take care of them or whatever to take them out. But it's it should be it should be everything you need to side with the humans. You see what I'm saying? Like it, it sh- that should be it. You know what I mean? Here's clearly an evil, wicked, disgusting bug species that is a an existential threat to us humans, and of course it's us humans together to take them. And no, what did the lefties do? Well, well, the bugs clearly represents migrants or something, you know, or like they're the they're the underdog, they're the outcast. The, we have to have sympathy for them. See how that works? When now now we've been confused, right, by Hollywood and leftism has of course adopted all these ideas. Um, the anti-whites have as well to a certain degree. It's like mostly in the movie, at least, not a, not exclusively, but mostly it's good-looking, you know, like white people. Here's clearly like the heroes, and it's a yes, Paul Vander is it Vanderhoven? I think it is kind of made he made it a little bit cartoonish but it still kind of works and it kind of works because the bugs are just so disgusting right this is not a face i can relate to sympathize for or even have a dialogue with this screams at me to kill it with fire even if i didn't want to kill this thing i'd want to be in orbit far away from this creature it's horrific and only a contrarian can argue against that uh, Isaac Young said, I checked out his, he had a lot on this. He's some like sci-fi writers. He had a good a couple of good takes on this. <clears throat> the communists are identifying with literal insects again. <laughs> and someone replies, the recent Starship Troopers discourse has been so amazing to witness because conservatives are literally buying into the fascist propaganda of a movie that's straightforwardly about making fun of fascist propaganda. <clears throat> it's like, no, it's it's not that cut and dry, by the way. But even if it, even if it was, it should be clear on what side you're on. You're like, you're you should be on the side of humans, the heroic battle of the people that are fighting for our survival, whether it's cartoonish or not. The Starship Troopers discourse is always, as Aaron McIntyre is in this here, the Starship Troopers discourse is always great because leftists inevitably end up identifying with hideous, murderous hive insects while passionately rejecting everything that is beautiful and heroic. And it's true. Um, here's another one. This is what I've learned from leftists today. 
Uh, one, they think my minorities are like bugs. <laughs> they would prefer to be wiped out by bugs rather than to fight back. Now they have this kind of. Sometimes it kind of borders into the cringe of who's a fascist, the fascist. Blah, blah, blah. They have empathy for for a fascistic genocidal hive mind, but will protect those traits on the Federation. Um, for they are the bugs. Yeah, exactly. They, are, they that's true though, right? It's like well, so maybe. If you're fighting a battle for your existential survival, if if fascism is the way that works and organizes people and get them in the right frame of mind or whatever, or like we can't fuck around with bullshit here now, we have to like man up every of us <laughs> and like fight. You know what I mean? Well, oh well, that's kind of what it is. Do you want to die or do you want to live? I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say getting your brain eaten by a bug is part and parcel of living in a big city. That's right. Where we heard that before. <clears throat> Sadiq Khan. Yeah, it's just part of it now. That's what it is. Inviting in the orcs, or in this case, the bugs. What was their name again? I think they used a name for it. Yeah, where it is. Uh, here's another great one. Media literacy. These are some great, uh, you know, tweets and memes that people are doing in the wake of this debate, again, which has been <laughs> bubbling up probably three or four times over the last, I don't know, five, seven years or something like that. Media literacy. Yeah, Nazis bad. They're doing a space racism, they're doing a propaganda, and they're doing militarism. Therefore, obviously, the other guys must be good. <laughs> the bugs, <laughs> excuse me, the, the bugs must be good. And if, the, and if the handsome white guy is Nazi, then the other one has to be brown people. They represent immigrants. Our brown cuddly teddy bears are actually not teddy bears. They're actually the bugs now. They're actually the orcs. Being ugly and disgusting is actually wholesome. Doing an anti-colonialism, doing and doing communism, a bug species. Right now, there's nothing wrong with collectivism because, of course, you have you know fascism on the other, on the opposite side of that, right? Uh, but it's interesting how they just will never, never, never take their own side, right? So people are like memeing, memeing these people and just talking about how how dumb they are as this ugly, disgusting slug bug as depicted in Starship Troopers, the movie. Uh, literally, it's like, you know, killing endless amounts of humans, sacrificing them, essentially. It's like, oh, whoa. Oh, look, here comes the far right. Again. Here comes the space Nazis, right? Here's the racist, the fascist from, from Earth. <laughs> like, that's, well, that's all you need in your argument. Now, now we know whose side we're on. So I'm saying, like, everything that's supposed to be super cut and dry can never be cut and dry with these people anymore. It's incredible. It's just such a, a fascinating insight into our, yeah, arachnids. Is that what they're called? Yeah, that's right, arachnids. That's right. I, I kind of enjoy, I really enjoyed Starship, the movie. You know what I mean? I know hey, we've done shows on Robert Heinlein. Heinlein. Um, who was it? The Swedish guest I had on? Oh, jeez. He talked about his work and stuff like that, right? But yeah, he has a scene about like you can you you become it's obviously a model after like Roman kind of ideals, right? You can only become a citizen if you do military service, and that's kind of when you're like in you know you're, that's when you're really you're just part of the society and stuff. And uh, what was someone else pointed out? It's like well, it's even in Buenos Aires, right? Which is like the Brazilification uh, have happened, but even in the movie, right? It's like. It's clean. It's it's nice. It's it, it most for the most part. It looks like it's pretty good. You know what I mean? <clears throat> yeah, 
Anyway, there was a good thread here. Yeah, why the first Starship Troopers movie failed as a parody a threat. I guess it was... Yeah, so it's even... Yeah, there it is. Paul Ver- Verhoeven, that's his name. Paul Verhoeven, that's uh, the guy who made it. I forget what else he did. Watching the movie, it's clear the director was aiming for a campy, over-the-top depiction of the Terran Federation. Perhaps not an outright mockery, but certainly a drastic departure from a serious novel. First, let's tackle a writing pitfall that irks leftists to this day. If you make your characters naturally handsome, fit, and well-groomed, then it becomes increasingly difficult to properly mock them. Beauty is self-evident, and all the characters in Starship Troopers are good-looking. This extends to the overall Terran Federation as well. We see clean, beautiful streets. Life seems good for Rico in his polite high school. This is a far cry from the crime-ridden and drug-addicted cities we know today. Where are the homeless encampments? Where are the ghettos? And of course, again, they're like, here's the here's the fascist captain there, right? Can we nail the... T- that's why I'm like, I'm not even sure that's what um, Paul Verhoeven was going for. You know what I mean? It's some. It's because again, the framing is like it's so cl- clear, right? Who the good guy? I, I, again, maybe there was an attempt again by Hollywood to just take the most, the most logical and natural, you know, impulse of us. Like, well, he, we are the humans. We obviously identify with the humans. To try to twist that, even like, can we get them to identify with the bugs? And if he did that, if that was the goal, then yeah, you got the leftists to do it. Has been evident over the last, uh, you know, three or four days. Uh, 15th, yeah, so it's almost you know, quite a week a week ago when this was raging the most. <laughs> Can we nail the Terran Federation for being cruel? I guess. But when you play off cruelty as a joke, you're undermining your own message. This isn't a dialogue about the brutal conditions for training soldiers in futuristic settings. This is a gag. And it's hilarious. All right, what about critique of compa- uh, comparison? Perhaps the enemies of the Terran Federation have a better system. Oh, wait, no, they're bugs. I've seen people genuinely argue that the bugs are supposed to be sympathetic, but they're still bugs. This is not a face I can relate to. And here's the one I showed you, right? Sympathize for or even have a dialogue with. This screams to be it's like a, what is this? This is like a, a weird, you know, penis tip with like b- bug eyes and, you know, uh, croft, you know, crayfish claws on it or something. You know, that's like the depiction, right? Like, yeah, we, we, it, we kill it. It's afraid. Love that scene, too. The only thing you can really critique about the Terran Federation is the propaganda and incompetence. But when everything is so slapstick, it fails at landing a serious point. These guys are badasses in a funny movie, not a warning about the dangers of fascism. Exactly. Yeah, anyway, so it's just, it's just incredible to see this. Um, and, of course, people pointed this out, too, right? Well, what what is what is fascism if 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 not this, right? When it comes down to it, um, either either you stand either you stand alone and you are breakable, or you or you team up with other people. You join together. That that doesn't mean you stop being a stick. In this case, to use the analogy here. You're still a stick, but this is what people, many people, don't seem to understand. It's mostly with the conservative, you know, right wingers or whatever. Like, oh, my individuality, blah blah blah. Well, you know, you don't stop being an individual. You're still an individual, but you team up with people and you get stronger, and you become unbreakable. Right? This is a bundle of sticks. This is a fasci. Right? This is literally what the, where the symbol comes from. 
Um, yeah, one more tweet here from uh, Isaac Young. He says, in every instance of Starship Troopers, the first movie at least, the bugs are made to be an existential threat. The left takes this as a 4D meta-commentary on the nature of fascism and the foreign. I, I take it as a fumbling your message. Every scene it needs to be uh, read in spite of itself. Some analysis on that here. But uh, why I'm showing you the bundle of sticks is because we have these brave... Um, we have these brave... Yeah, is it the stick on its own that's a, a, fa a fag, right? A faggot? There's some... Uh, I think there's a it's an old British commercial where they talk about uh, faggots, right? The uh, the sausage, right? Uh, that, that's what they're called. They used to be called cigarettes, I think. A fag too, right? It's just one one weak stick on its own, right? That's breakable. Uh, but yeah, we had another. Remember when Jordan Peterson? He, we've already done this one. Ooh, individualism, you know, collectivism. Here's the high, the the multi-headed hide right here. This is what they see as the problem, right? Communism, Marxism, racism, nationalism, and fascism. That's the nature of collectivism. And here I am, the individual, going to defeat all this. This would be as, as dumb as saying, because you're part of a family unit, now you've lost your individuality. You, well, you can't have a family. That's, you know, joining up with other people. Now you've lost. That's collectivism now. You know? It's like, yeah, collectivism is what we need. We need to collectivize. If we're going to win, if we're going to survive, we need to collectivize. We need to think as a group. We need to think this is, again, why this has been made the most evil, wicked thing that they could ever imagine. And again, not other groups, but when white people do it. When white people collectivize, then it's racism, then it's white supremacy, then it's fascism right-wing extremism, and we can never do what every other group is doing. Why? Because they want us breakable, alone, isolated, on our own, as individuals. That's how they conquer us, right? They break us up or make, make sure that we ourselves break ourselves up and never collectivize. So here's like, this James Lindsay, literally like just a few days ago, <laughs> tweeting this uh, conceptual James. Oh my God, this guy is so cringe. Almost 500,000 followers. This, this is your anti-woke crowd right here. Uh, into everything else is fascism and nationalism. You should, you should remain weak and separate. We have to convince white people that it's bad to organize as a group so we can defeat them. Once and once, once and for all, and I'll yeah, I'll, I'll get to that one there. Um, couple of good ones here, right? Oh, and we could play this one too. Remember this one, Constant. I, I put him in the same camp. I've talked about him before, but Konstantin Kissin, the the Russian Jewish uh, guy, the 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 Jew from that came from Russia uh, over to the UK started trigger trigonometry um and he's tweeted out many times things like he's he's what he's most afraid of with wokeness is not wokeness itself it's not leftism it's not the damage that is doing to us or western civilization or society and like no it's the effects of when people finally fight back that he's more afraid of and remember this one he told a victims uh, a white girl of the of the grooming gangs that it's wrong for white people to collectivize let's play this clip you to the black lives matter 
mm-hmm. thing as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is the reason that we've opposed identity politics from the start, because once you start going down this rabbit hole mm-hmm. of going, this is a special group, and this is a special group, and that's a special group, and that's a spe-. but these people, they're not special at all. In fact, they need then you get into trouble because eventually, you know, Helen Dale, who we had on the show, you know, she said, I remember saying this in in the 90s, you know, if you're going to have gay pride, at some point, someone's going to go, we need straight pride. (laughs) Straight pride, yeah. And this is the problem with with all of this. And this is the far left that you talk about. That's where it all comes from, this Mm -hmm. this ideology of getting everybody into their own little group. And now why people need to advocate for themselves. Uh That's not... You know, you talk about history, not a healthy recipe. No. no. Not a healthy recipe. Not a healthy recipe yeah. We need to go back to this idea that people are individuals. Yes. You know, and you can be racist against anyone, including white. Oh, good. Oh, good. Thank you. A little leeway there. But you as whites can't organize, even when you're being raped en masse, and conveyor belt rape, uh, you know, efforts over in the UK. It's really not a road we need to go down. So there it is, right? individuality now it's individuality is going to complain on jewish ethnocentrism no of course not it's going to complain on zionism no is it going to complain on all the jewish activism for their own ethnic groups of course not those are not issues to come up he's going to talk about maybe he'll talk a little about leftists and how dangerous it is with identity politics we need identity politics everyone else has it already in fact it's it's, it's white people that need identity politics. We need an identity. We need to identify as whites and collectivize. And that doesn't mean that you sacrifice your individuality. You still remain an individual. You don't you don't stop, you don't cease to be who you are, but that's that threat that they have. Well, if, if you do that, you see, you lose your soul. You know, that kind of thing is like, all right, okay. All right, now do Jews, right? No, no couple of good ones. Look at this. 2015. The future of the West depends on those brave enough to be called racist, bigot, sexist, homophobe, xenophobic, and not flinch or back down. And that's really it. It really comes, when it comes down to it, we need to be, just need to be more racist. (laughs) That's basically what it is. And not not a cartoonish version of racist, but racist in the sense that every other ethnic group is racist, right? According to the definition, well, you're just looking out for your own group, or you'd favor them over everyone else. Well, that's racism. How are you going to defeat these bugs that are coming after you and kills you, whether it's orcs or whether it's arachnids or whatever it is? If you, you're not, well, I'm not, we can't collectivize. You're all, go, you're all going to die. You have to face and understand what the threat is out there and what it is. And you might not like the battle, you might not have been the one that goes to war, but whatever is going on, they are at war with you. And that's what people, that's what white people primarily have to understand and realize, right? It's another good one. Here's uh, <clears throat> Terminator. Be more racist if you want to live. <laughs> this is fairly straightforward, you know what I mean? And that's just it. And you're supposed to but I don't like the word, and it's kind of, yeah, well, whatever. You know, let them call it. If if these are the things, if these are the small little hurdles you have to cross for us to win, I forget what the other some other good comments people made is like if if whites collectivize as a group, we win. It's it's over, <laughs> and that's it, you know, essentially. And that's why it's been hammered into us since since you know earliest possible you know point in time where we can begin to comprehend these kinds of things. That it's oh that's you see that's bad. 
Oh, it's now it's Holocaust and racism and slavery and you know all these kinds of things. And if you collectivize, if you have a, a group interest as a white person, that's that's going to be that. Uh, but that's beginning to that's the the chain of that right. It's beginning to to uh, uh, loosen right. The, the stranglehold that they've had on us is beginning to loosen because uh, now people's negative experiences with what they've been told that they must tolerate is outweighing it's 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 outweighing the potential downsides of being called a few bad words and yes i mean in our day and age there's there's not just that they're called words there, there are consequences for those things as well right people are uh they have their reputations destroyed um they are banned and censored they lose lose social media it may be worse like it's been for us we lose uh, bank accounts and payment processors, and we can't do business normally as, as other, um, you know, media endeavors are able to do that are in our position, but they're from a different political, uh, ideological perspective and things like that. So, 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 of course, there's there's a price. I'm not saying that, but even those things are like beginning to outweigh. Like, okay, being called names and being gone after, or like losing who we are as a people forever, and my kids being a hated and resented minority and potentially violently. Um, rounded up at some point in the future or if it's not our kids it's going to be our grandkids or their kids or, or you know pick your choice if we don't stop this if we don't fight back great um post here the white post on uh, telegram nothing unifies a people stronger than their primitive ethnical racial bonds and when they say primitive they don't mean that in a bad way like that oh it's primitive i mean it's it's a fundamental one, a, a, a primitive um, drive and an understanding we have going way back in time, right? That's why this has been the strongest type of bond for all of human history. Race prejudice, this H.P. Uh, Lovecraft quote here, race prejudice is a gift from nature intended to preserve in purity the various divisions of mankind which the ages have evolved. And they're using a picture here from, uh, well, in Swedish it's called the the emigrants, right? or the, well, it would be the migrants, right? Then I think uh, they're going over to to the States. They show the life in Sweden, how they're making a new life in, in America, which is kind of interesting. America as being a, a settled uh, a settlement for Europeans, right? An outpost of Europe. Um, white people call you know conquered it. We took it. We made it our own. We turned it into what it is today. And um, now everyone wants to come to America, or everyone wants to come to Europe and the places we are at and we're building to obviously be suppressed by our awful fascism and racism because we're totally not tolerant at all. But anyway, it's a good book. Willem Uber is the author. It's a, it a great book. It showed some of the problems they face over in Sweden, but also the, the, the new life there. It's just a great, um, great piece. What's the actor's name? This uh, Max von Sydow. Uh, I forget what her name is there. I forget the, what the director was, but that's a great, it's a great piece. Anyway, just want to include that for you there. Um, and in fact, let me play this. This is a great one. I linked it up on our Telegram, but this is a great... Speaking of that, the like the blood, right? The most ancient... Um, the, the first, what's the line he uses? Mimish Brunner in the clip. He said, the, since, since before the concept of speech or something like that, like we've had an understanding that it's like, it's, it's us, it's us together. Yeah. Truth of blood. Check this out. This is just a few minutes. Fantastic media. I don't think he's making much anymore. Unfortunately, Mimish Brunner, I had him on the show. Great stuff. Check this one out. Speaking of this. 
In a world of illusion, blood remains the only truth. Blood was the first temple at the birth of religion. It was the first philosophy at the dawn of man. Blood is the unspeakable, for it came before the word, and all empires born of it fell when they betrayed it. Blood is the feel and the air, the beginning and the end, and when threatened, it demands all born of it to rise to its defense. This is the true bloodlust, the unquenchable thirst for life. You, as an incarnation of your sacred blood, contain the hopes, dreams, and combined efforts of all who came before. In your name, wars have raged. Countless heroes have fallen. All trials of nature were overcome, so that you may breathe. The idea that bore you, by its will alone, has proven itself a force of nature, unstoppable in its desire, unyielding in its arrogance. Nothing was spared that stood in its way. The truth that is blood is immortal. It is the dwelling of all ancestral soul, and failure to protect it signals an end to all. You are the horizontal and the vertical. You are where blood and destiny meet. In this time, you are its champion. It is you that stands before the eternal question. And it is you that is charged with its answer. Fantastic stuff. Yeah. Hallinder music. Right there. That's it. That's, that's, uh, that's about sums it up right there. Our folk. The bio spirit, our folk soul, lives in us, right? These are things beyond, uh, things that are just skin deep, contrary to, you know, leftist narratives that, oh, skin color, this and that, it's like so much more, so much more than just that, right? And it's our spirits, and, and, and again, that's why they've tried to kept us breakable, separate, not identifying with that, and it's only essentially been for whites that we can't have these things. It's the most evil when we do, and when we finally just let go of that and finally just come into our own and just decide once and for all, stand up for ourselves, take our own side, start pushing pushing in the same direction uh, with our people, pulling in the same direction, cooperating, um, forming communities. Anything is achievable. Uh, anything <laughs> it's it's uh, we have no idea currently what that's like you know our ancestors did but us right now no can you imagine such a thing resident revolt over on uh, rumble says hey boss i just reposted these shiny rocks oh yeah they came back didn't they expect them by next week's and cheers uh pg thank you man i appreciate that good to see you resin hope you're doing well hope everything's going good at the mind as well as mind mine as well uh, looking forward to seeing them, by the way. Thank you, man. We always appreciate you, Resin. Thank you. Uh, a couple of more here. We have uh, Ryan, Triple G. Trigonometry is very ham-fisted from what I've seen. Yes. <clears throat> is that a pun? I like that. Ham-fisted. Um, it's just, it's some of, and, and again, it's always, the, they're the, they're the ones getting, they're, they're, they're still there. They're still on the YouTubes, right? They get it promoted. They, here's your steam valve, you know, goy. Ah. Anyway, we have a thing on you on YouTube of what happened to, with Susan. I hope we can we can get to that. Yeah, we have some time still because it's kind of interesting with all the censorship and stuff. And I wonder how much pain and suffering could potentially have been 
prevented if there was natural growth of these ideas, which there was for a little bit of time on these social media platforms. I think we would have been I don't know, a bit too melodramatic about it and just say it's like just down to, to, to YouTube, and it's not. But it, it, you know, a lot of it is ultimately down to us being able to communicate our ideas and getting that out to our people, right? Anyway, we'll talk more about YouTube a little bit later, but it, it reminds me of the, the, you know, these people are still there and they're still, you know, being pushed and they're in the algorithms and all that stuff. Uh, 14 from maybe next time. Thank you. Maybe next time. Good to see you. As always, appreciate the support. Another one here. Uh, actually, two more from Ryan. Thank you, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you for your support. 1488 from Ryan. Triple G, everything needs to be framed as, uh, quote, is this on the face of it good for white people and white families? Unquote. And uh, if uh, and if not, I guess it is. If not, uh, then we need normies to be programmed to reject it. No long, no long explanation or fifth-dimensional chess. No saving the world or ending hunger worldwide. Immediate results only considered. Yeah, it's it's, it's true. Um, Ryan again here says Henrik. I would also argue that European art should only belong to a European white person or institute, as well as intellectual property. Culturally significant real estate, etc. Go down the list. Our art and culture have been stolen from us as well. Sadly, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, it was something that um, there was some uh, wonderful, and it's not you know. Then it's like we we didn't have the win, but it was like one of these like, all right, we'll, we'll take it. it. It's a win at the end of the day. But it was something about how you know the British Museum, for example. The, was it the British Natural History Museum or something like that? All of a sudden, had this like, oh, it's 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 colonialism for our museum to have all these objects from Africa and China, Asia, South America, blah blah blah. All these places. We they basically said we need to go back to only having British English um, artifacts and historical things, and it's like. I think we'll uh, I think we'll agree that this is uh, the the proper way to go here uh, with this. Only Anglo-Saxon, Norman, Celtic art in uh, in um, British museums, and, and hopefully other European countries can mimic that as well, right? Only do your culture, yes, absolutely. Uh, but no, you're right. I mean, it's it's um, yeah. You have the you have this speaking to your prior point there. No long explanations or fifth-dimensional chess. I agree with you. No, no saving the world or any kind. I, I agree with you. Ultimately, it, it should just be sufficient enough that it's like, well, this is what's good for us. Boom, you know, kind of thing. Um, the question is the nature of, and it's not an altruism. Instead of being an altruism for our own people, right? Where basically some of our most beautiful traits of solidarity and our desire to help others which of course at that time for the back you go was for our group right uh survival uh instincts were in some aspects i think driven by um you know climate in in colder northern regions and things like this that you you, you there was a reliance there was a kind of a you know dependency that that evolved there and so you extending your hand and all that and helping others was just part of your survival strategy. You help others, they help you, good relations, blah, blah, blah. Ironically, <coughs> excuse me, nothing to do in that sense with individualism, right? Actually a form of collectivism. Uh, but anyway, those things, you know, people argue, was what caused us then to be, to have all these traits of like, well, we look after each other and that's what ensures our own survival. 
And yes, of course, that's dependency, but that's also a beautiful thing, right? It's 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 how we become successful also. Uh, specialization, all these other things that come out of, of something like that. But now, of course, that's been exploited, and now it's all of a sudden globalism. Now it's us taking care of everyone else, lifting up the you know every, all these other races and stuff like that. But people talk about that, like, you're not going to win... Um, over white people by, you know, telling them that you have to, you know, be mean or something like that. I'm not saying that that's what you're saying, Ryan, but I'm saying in one aspect, I think there's something to that. It it, it doesn't serve. We will, we will always do what's morally right. The only thing is we just need to realize, well, what's morally right is for us to take care of us, ourselves first. It's like you're on a plane or whatever. You, you, you put on. You know, something's going wrong, you put on your oxygen mask first before you help others. It's kind of the same thing. And it's not that we have to help others either. I'm not saying that that's where this needs to go, as you say. Um, but there is something to like, well, this is, you know, with morality, I think. You know what I mean? Like with with, with us as generally, for the most part, as Europeans, that we need it to be, it needs to be a moral, we need to have a moral conviction. It needs to be morally right. You know what I mean? Uh, I'm not sure we have to twist. That doesn't have to be twisted or changed or altered or anything like that either. Um, we just have to see the reality of the situation, right? Of obviously, like, well, the more right thing to do is to take care of ourselves and it, and is to stand up for ourselves. You know what I mean? But yeah, no, this, this is very interesting questions. It's it's very it's it's hard to figure out, and and to a certain extent, yes, there's differences between us, but for the most part, you know, we have that. I think I think that's partly why we've been exploited in this way, and basically like our Achilles heel, right? The very, the very, the, the very best aspects of us of sorts have been weaponized against us and taken advantage of, and now we see the full consequence of that. We're not, we're not dying, um, or we're not suffer. What's the right term? We're dying of tolerance, right? We're, 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 we're. To- it's the tolerance that we've put it. We put up with all this. Because we think it's the morally right thing to do. And that needs to change. And we need to understand that we're being, we're being taken advantage of. We're the ones, uh, all of this is going to hurt our, our kids, right? Uh, okay. A couple other ones here. What's this one about here? Oh, did I have one? No, we show that. Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah, this is kind of interesting. Couple of random thing here. All right, okay, okay. Here we go. Um, this graph is not from Nazi Germany; it's from America's fi- finest universities in 2024. Fascinating, if true. <coughs> Excuse me, that mute, that mute button is like slow. I still coughed in your ear. That's weird. Sorry about that. Okay. Um. Jewish Americans make up 2% of the population. 44% of these Jewish Americans are in the top 1%. If there were 1,000 people in the United States, 10 of them would be in the top 1%. 20 of them would be Jewish. 9 of them would be Jewish and in the top 1%. Is the 1% straight white men? Or is the 1% Jewish? Huh. Interesting. Is this really from a university? Or are they lying? Are they making this up? I don't know. Interesting. Start with ending Jewish privilege. And I got a couple of resources there too. Uh, Pure research and stuff. 
But the big question is, of course, well, is it, is it true? I think with some, is this the, is this the tweet with some discussion about Jew, uh, global, no, world Jewry as well, because everything is anti-Semitic. It was like, well, you know, you could call it mean or you could call it, um, uh, you know, yeah, what was it, right and wrong or, you know, things like that. And at the end of the day, well, does that matter in terms of, like, well, is it is it true or is it false, right? I think I've seen this before, like the 40% of the 1% are Jews, right? Here they have 44% Jewish Americans are in the top 1%, which again is disproportionate over-representation, right? Uh, but someone was, was arguing <clears throat> over... The, the wording there of like, oh, are we back in Nazi Germany? We're talking about world Jewry again. What's going on with that? And we sh- you shouldn't be allowed to use those terms, blah, blah, blah. Well, and it turns out here, that's of course the words they use themselves, right? Here's uh, all our favorite Bari Weiss, the, uh, the anti-woke queen. <sighs> Bill Maher's favorite guest, I think it is. The State of World Jewry Address, Bari Weiss. This is the uh, 92 New York Center for Culture and Arts. The inaugural State of World Jewry Address was given in f- the first time in 1980 by Abba Iban. Abba Iban. Great name. Uh, so anyway, that's that's coming up here. Sunday, February 25th, 2024. I think it was a lot. By invite only. Was that what, did I see that right? Uh... No, oh, I'm confusing them with a different, different event. Maybe no, no, there it is. By invitation only. There it is. Okay, yeah, I, I thought I thought I saw that. Tickets from eighteen bucks, Kaufman Concert Hall. I'd love to have a, a video of this. Can we get a video of this? That'd be fascinating. The other plus here, though, is visitors are not required to show proof of vaccination. Masks are highly recommended at N ninety two N Y. Yes, definitely mask up. And take another booster while you're at it. All right. Anyway, so that's that. And we had a little bit of a development here on the uh, Infowars front. Check this out here. Uh, Owen Schroyer is uh, going in for the kill. I guess he got mad and angry about what they're uh, doing during uh, the Super Bowl uh, stuff. Check this out. Then they have these. I mean, it's literally just so overwhelmed with propaganda where they attack. Christianity, and, and by the way, most of these Christian ads aren't even paid for by actual Christian groups. People have dug into it, and it's like, it's just the craziest thing. People have dug into a lot of these groups, and it's all about the mixed race stuff, and it's all about the make Christians cuck to political correctness stuff. It's always paid for by these Jewish groups. Just, just a fact. And then, and then what do you have? You have these pro-Israel ads running every break, just as we expected to. So it's just like the whole thing now is not even about a football game. It's like if I could sit down and watch a football game, I might enjoy it. But no, it's a propaganda campaign. It's, it's just a propaganda event with a football game in between. It's always paid for by these Jewish groups. <laughs> Holy shit, Owen. Owen is doing some noticing. What's uh what's happening over there at Infowars? Choo, 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 choo. 
That's right. I'm Jewish, but I'm here to help. That's right. I'm here to help. All right, Owen, some noticing there uh, over at Infowars. Fascinating. Who's behind the uh, the refugee uh, stuff again, you said? What's what's going on with that? It's crazy how they're just walking over the walking over the Rio Grande like that without no uh, no invitations or anything. I think it was a real was that a real Stu Peters that got that one out? Is that it was? Yes, it was. Yeah, he's been doing he's been doing some good stuff. He invited me to the uh, on his show there. I I'm thinking of doing it. Uh, I didn't like him for a, a while, but he's been he's been going hard um, <laughs> on these issues. Good for him. He tweet out the Europa last battle <clears throat> stuff like that. So good for him. Uh, what is this one? All right, we got some random clips on this here. I know it's a little less organized today. I hope you enjoy it anyway. Again, we're going to be back tomorrow then, or again, depending on when you're watching later tonight. Uh, with Flashback Friday as usual, but again, I wanted to come on and cover a couple of things here with you guys, because we didn't do a uh, no-go zone yet. Um, <laughs> check out this one uh, regarding APAC that was going around. Wh which one was that again? Um, it, was in, it was in one context or another. It was like, APAC, well, APAC is not, oh, it's not that bad. It was, you know, obviously this is, you know, APAC, the, the American-Israeli Political Action Committee, right? Um, here is, oh, well, we can play this one first. Here's a, here's a polit political uh, uh, guy, Representative Himes, I forget what his first name is, uh, talking about this, of how many times he's visited uh, by APAC. And he says, there's no other, you know, groups like that that I get visited by. I think he compares it to, like, you know, Palestinian groups or, you know, something like that. And not that they should be, right? I mean, APAC should register under the, the under FARA, right, the Foreign uh, Agents Registration Act. But the, the main thing is, when they do that and do their lobbying, it should just be wholesale rejected, of course, by these American politicians. Instead, I think it was Himes had said in a statement that it was, uh, it, it's the easy, it's the path of least resistance of just bowing down to these Jewish groups, such as, uh, uh, you know, Jewish, Zionist, pro-Israeli groups, such as APAC. Uh, but then, of course, then you have the leftist version of this, which is J Street, which he mentions. Check out this clip of him talking about this. In this office, I get six to eight visits a year by APAC, which is a fairly right-wing pro-Israeli group, and uh, J Street, which is a left-leaning pro-Israeli group. I have never had a visit, never once. I've been doing this for 15 years by a pro-Palestinian group. And again, I'm not I'm not criticizing anybody. I'm I'm just sort of explaining the facts as they appear. And I think therefore the path of least resistance for an awful lot of members of Congress is to be reflexive the way you were concerned about. And the reason I would love to talk more about that is because you know, the Palestinians have very legitimate claims. And in times and places have been subject to brutal injustice. And yet there is nobody telling their story. 
Uh, maybe that's happening more in Michigan. Maybe it is. There's a lot larger Palestinian population in Michigan than in uh, uh, Connecticut. But I, I will tell you, I've been visited by pro-Israeli groups probably 60 to 100 times in my career and by pro-Palestinian groups zero times. And I, that, again, I'm not saying that's good or bad. I'm just saying that probably explains part of, apart from the humanity of it, um, explains part of what I sense is very frustrating to you. Yeah, I'm not sure who he's, who's talking to that, Brett. Uh, I mean, nothing we don't already know, but it's always good when you have some of these politicians uh, actually speak up about it and, and talk about the, the how disgusting it is. Now, there shouldn't be any Palestinian groups and there shouldn't be any Israeli groups. It shouldn't be any anybody else's country's groups in our countries, whether it's America or European countries or Australia or whatever country we find ourselves in and our folk are, are in and the countries we've built should be issues of our people for us. No, instead, of course, they're sending 90 billion, you know, more to uh, Israeli aid. And yes, they're sending some to Ukraine as well. And technically, I wouldn't be against helping them if they weren't ruled by such, uh, you know, demon, you know, corrupt uh, globalist shills, uh, homo coke addicts like Zelensky and you know, some of these others. I don't know he's a puppet of sorts, but still super corrupt, right? Um, check this out. 1988, Mike Wallace uh, talked about APAC, and is he? He's, I think he is Jewish, is he not? Uh, about APAC and the Israeli lobby. And this is, I mean, I forget what if someone showed the uh, the chart, the diagram, or the uh, statistics, like how much money had been given. Uh, I think America, foreign all countries, and it compared it. And Israel was just like after, specifically after like the n mid to late nineties, it just took off like crazy. I mean, just like hundreds of billions, I think it is now, uh, that they received from the U.S. And that's not even including Germany and reparations payments and Holocaust, this and that. But uh, anyway, here's uh, Mike Wallace. Check this out. There are very few lobbies working the corridors of Capitol Hill with as much clout as APAC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. They're the people who tell the Congress which legislation affecting Israel they like and which they don't. They are not agents of the Israeli government, but out of personal conviction as American Jews, they lobby the Congress and the administration for measures that support the state of Israel. But the charge is that apart from lobbying, APEC also gets involved in election campaigns by setting the tone, the line, for about 80 pro-Israel political action committees around the country, pro-Israel PACs, that have given $6 million this year to a variety of candidates. One race they're focusing on is the senatorial contest in Rhode Island. In Rhode Island. Uh, yeah, can you imagine how bad it is now and how little they talk about it now? There's some, there some great coverage on like APAC and pe past uh, newsreels. Uh, but they don't cover it in that kind of way anymore. Well, here's, a, here's another. Let's go back to the censorship thing I uh, talked about earlier. And I wanted to mention it real quick. But uh, Susan Wojcicki's son allegedly, apparently, died of a suspected drug overdose at UC Berkeley. Uh, 19 years old. And while... He obviously didn't deserve it. <clears throat> Susan, dear Susan, uh, deserves any karma that she would get. And I, I don't want to be 
I don't want to be too dramatic about this to say if if everyone was on YouTube, our world would be saved. I, I I'm not do I'm I'm not gonna do that. But however, I'd I'd say in 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 scope of helping to tip the scales, right, of lessening the issues that we've seen over the last. I mean, censorship began a long time ago on YouTube, but obviously went into overkill after like Donald Trump got elected, right? 17, 18, 19, 20, that's when most people were booted off. But again, 2024 now, that's almost, you know, almost half a decade ago, a little bit more, depending on when he were kicked off on there. And and the big question is if if these if the popular and growing channels on YouTube would have been left to their own devices without a Susan Wojcicki or some of these other activists, Jewish activists uh, who are operating uh, Google and YouTube and all that stuff, they wouldn't have meddled in the way they did. Where would we have been? Where would we have been today? Right? They can't, now they can't hold it back. It's still continued. It's still happening. But the push has almost been like on from the bottom up onto mainstream, more conservative voices and alternative mainstream, alternative media sources that are now upping their rhetoric and talking about the kind of stuff that people that were booted off of YouTube five, four, three, or maybe six years ago talked about at that time. So there's still probably still happening, right? Still happening, but it's irritating that it's those uh, people, those voices are now like, to, you know, taking the reins of that of sorts, which is. I guess dangerous in one sense because it might derail the whole thing. Well, you can't collectivize, you see. That's probably where they're going to take it. But anyway, so I'm not. I don't want to be too melodramatic about this uh, of sorts. But I still, yeah, I have to say, I still think there's something to the fact that, like, if if uh, it, it, this would have gone faster, right? Let me put it that way. I think that the pushback against the kind of insane things that we see unfolding today would have been popularized much sooner if it was organic and if you were still um, able to to reach out and get access, if you will, on some of these platforms, uh, like many other people do, whatever they are on the political or ideological spectrum. So that's why I'm saying that, just like, you know, I'm saying she, she, I'm saying she has caused a lot of hurt. And I'm not saying that because of like, an individual or a, a group or something like what we do lost their YouTube account, then it's down to that. But I'm talking about what the consequences of that is, right? The continued migration, that the this, this response have therefore been slower, the rapes, the gang criminality, the, the, our, our ability to not organize properly yet because we're set back all the time by censorship. That's what I'm getting at. Does that make sense? And a Susan is a cog, and not an insignificant, not a small cog, fairly large cog in that machine, right? That have pushed back and that have helped to form this kind of environment. And ironically, when it comes to this issue alone, right, of like drug overdose. Um, let, let me read here a little bit and you, you see what's what's going on. Um, Trooper, which is the, the kid here, Marco Trooper died in his dorm at UC Berkeley Tuesday of a suspect, suspected drug overdose, according to his grandmother, Esther Vujicki. Um, she believes her grandson ingested a drug that killed him. Ingested a drug, and we don't know what was in it. So it's probably fentanyl or something. Uh, one thing we do know, it was a drug. We want to prevent this from happening to any other family. Vujicki said, oh, sure you do. Troopers found unresponsive in his room, blah, blah, blah. Wojcicki said the family is waiting on a toxicology report that could help to confirm the cause of death, but it could take up to 30 days. Excuse me. 
I remember this. Uh, Chris Manahan talking about this here too. This is a good good way he connects this, right? I remember back when Wojcicki declared to ban everyone on the far right on YouTube, all of whom vociferously opposed ver, ver, vociferously. That's where it is. Vociferously uh, opposed drug use. Going to YouTube's front page in an incognito window to see what was serving up to people with her algorithms and seeing a video with over a million views promoting drug use. Interesting. I don't remember the exact video, but it was something like this about tripping. First time on DMT. Isn't that Joe Rogan's uh, thing, right? My DMT girlfriend fell into a K-hole. What is that? Ketamine or something? Yeah. I did pharmawaska. Oh, gosh. Could even do the, the real organic thing, ayahuasca. You get the point. Millions and millions of views. The above channel is run by Comedy Central. Oh, shit. And is no doubt whitelisted under the algorithms that she embraced. I remember thinking at the time how advancing or advocating for immigration restrictions and traditional values could get you banned, but promoting drug use and degeneracy will get you on the front page. That's right. Comedian. Owen Benjamin said he was given a strike for criticizing the Sackler family. Yeah, because you're an anti-Semite because they're Ju- they're Jewish, right? Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, brutal. I feel for her, even though I talked a lot of shit about her. I was targeted. as Owen J- Benjamin said this here. I was targeted by her for my hate and misinformation and kicked off of YouTube. I remember I once got a strike for. Come on, load. For uh, doing a stream about the Sackler family and the opioid crisis. Apparently, that was hate. And I'm only saying this because I'm guessing that her 19-year-old son died either from an opioid or a vaccine. It's probably, yeah, it's fentanyl probably laced or something. Uh, and that's what, that's what I got kicked off YouTube by her for bringing light to. And things people do to others have a way of coming back at them. I don't wish this on anyone, and I genuinely feel bad for her, but it's important to remember that life is actually fair. If you censor and destroy people's livelihoods who are trying to help people, it may have been your own son that it helped. So tragic and pointless. Yeah, that's good. It's a good uh, good point there. Yeah, so, I mean, she deserves the karma uh, coming back. And, and again, it's like, maybe it's... It's a little bit too melodramatic to say to... I, I, I don't know. It's, it's, hard, it's hard to say. It's very hard with these what-if scenarios. It's like, well, the vaccine saved you. Oh, well, how do you know? Maybe we'll kill you in the future. But, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like, uh, uh, <laughs> you do this thing, and how do you know that it's that variable that caused you to, to either die or to survive or to... You know, it's, it's a lot of moving parts here. But I, I still... Yeah. She helped to destroy uh, people, and, and, and again, not just from the point of view of like, my, my YouTube channel, but like what the impact from that could have been on the greater picture. Um, you know, again, especially with people like us um, who want to try to help our people. And, and, and yes, ironically, you know, promoting traditional, you know, more, more traditional lifestyle, if you will, or natural health, or like, yeah, don't be a degenerate, don't do drugs, find purpose and meaning in life, you know, these kinds of things, right? Instead of promoting this, you know, nihilistic, uh, you know, depressive drug culture. It is funny how these things come back around like this, though. Uh, JF said here, isn't it ironic that the woman who insisted on being the moralizing mom for the entire world through draconian censorship practices failed as a mom to keep her own son from the path of drug abuse and death? Trooper appears to have died from a drug overdose, with all the livelihoods and families destroyed by 
which it gets radical censorship policies. I can't shed a tear when karma hits back. That's right. <clears throat> Correct. JF. All right. Well, there you go. There you go. What was this one speaking? Someone said, oh, it's probably the vaccine. I don't know. I don't know if it was the va if it was vaccine. It probably was. It's funny how that happens. Check this one out. This is <laughs> the, the language here. Uh, COVID vaccines linked to slight, slight increases in heart, brain, blood disorders study. Yeah, just uh, just slight, ever so slightly. Just a little slight uh, brain uh, problem increase. COVID vaccines from companies like Pfizer, Moderna, and AstraZeneca have been linked to rare occurrences of heart, brain, and blood disorders, according to the largest vaccine study to date. This is a surprise they didn't just take that out. All right, just take it away. Uh, researchers from the Global Vaccine Data Network analyzed 99 million people who received jabs in eight countries and monitored for increases in 13 medical conditions. The study, which was, and feels like if this was honest, it would have been way more than that. It's always down to this, well, how do you link it to that? Or rather, if they do have issues, genuine issues, I assume they would just, on the basis of who they are, exclude that or, or say, well, that's not relevant or that's not what we do. You see what I'm saying? Obviously, I have to go through the entire study and, and, and try to get the fine details, but I'm just saying these things these things are very uh, granted you could you can make the the that argument in both directions if you will right oh people are getting sick okay well how do you know it's the vaccine right and that's 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 true usually normally in these cases what you do the determining factor is well if you've done things a specific way all this time uh, and then you know you got sick or something happened or your health deteriorates or you get all these other health complications well what what did you do differently right what did you add something did you take something away did, usually it's it's something you you have done that's not always but you know usually it's something you've you've added in you know <laughs> in in the equation but i'm saying if they j look at all these people and many of them have uh, health issues now or health concerns or problems what would they say? Oh, well, clearly this is then because of the because of the vaccine. That I, I assume they wouldn't admit that. You see what I'm saying? They wouldn't they wouldn't say, oh, well, that's the that's the reason, that's the case. They would probably exclude those kinds of things. So I'm surprised they did include it at all. But even then in their presumably, I'm I'm making generalizations here, but presumably in their very wide, maybe uh, I put no, no, not wide sweeping, but in their very uh, yeah, I mean, 99 pe million people, that's, that's a lot, right? But it's probably its probably very generous towards the Pfizer's and the Moderna. Let me just put it that way. You see what I'm saying, right? Uh, so I'm surprised that they included uh, increases in these 13 medical conditions, to be honest. But okay, so even them, that's my point, even them found this, oh, it's a slight increase in death here. Because, of course, as we know, excess deaths is through the roof following this. And of course, it's ah, well, that's not related whatsoever. Well, turbo cancers are up. Oh, really? What's the reason for that? Fascinating. And of course, it's not just the one thing. There's many things, right? It's a compounding issues. The study, which was published in the journal Vaccine last week, found the vaccines were linked to a slight spike in neurological, so that's your brain damage there, 
blood, that's your blood clot issues and leukemia, maybe things like that, and heart-related medical conditions. So what is that? Myocarditis, pericarditis, there's other thing, other things, right? Inflammation of the heart muscle. Another heart condition, pericarditis, the inflammation of the cardiac muscle has a 6.9-fold increased risk in those who received a third dose of AstraZeneca's viral vector shot, the study found. All right, anyway, get your free flu shots. Get your free flu shots. That's the stuff to do right there. I'm surprised they included it, to be honest. <clears throat> what was this with Blinken? Oh, yeah, 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 this is funny. Uh, New York Post. Check this out here. What's the segue? Well, speaking of Jews who are damaged, <laughs> Anthony Blinken, Secretary of State, urged staffers to avoid problematic terms like manpower and mother slash father. Yeah, those are really problematic terms. Secretary of State Anthony Blinken instructed the State Department and their employees to refrain from using gendered terms such as mother, father, and manpower, people power, person power, zur power. In a recent internal memo, according to a report, the Biden administration official argued in the memo that gender is a social construct and that clearly the most important thing for the Secretary of State right now uh, is a social construct and that a person's gender identity may or may not correspond with one's sex assigned at birth. According to the February 5th missive, the note was obtained by National Review entitled Modeling DEIA, the Diversity, Equity, Inclusion. What does the A stand for? Chat, does anybody know? What's the A in that? Yeah. 130 people watching an Odyssey, 280 on Rumble, another 100 between Twitter and Gab, uh, Gab um, Telegram and Kick and all that. Uh, so one of you should know. What does the A stand for? Ass rape. There you go. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Diversity, equity, inclusion, ass rape. We'll go with that. <clears throat> Thank you, Aunt Common Sense. Uh, gender identity best practices. Uh, <laughs> Blinken encourages college at the State Department to use gender-neutral language whenever possible to show respect and avoid misunderstanding. Let's bomb the fuck out of these people, but, oh, you can't use gendered language. Oh, my gosh. And how many, how many countries are they bombing right now? Or, like, a lot, we're giving Israel money to, to bomb and weapons or, you know, whatever the hell it is. I mean, gay ops is leading to like millions of deaths, and here they are worried about. It's so bizarre. It's, it's they're so strange. These people. But again, this is for us, right? This is for us. There's a brutal monsters on one end, but then it's like this. Oh well, we can't. I mean, we know it's a weapon. It's not. They're not doing these things because they're actually, you know, concerned about hurting someone's feelings. It's not about. That's not what it's about. The, the, those those people that they claim to be protectors of are simply used as as a sledgehammer against us, right? Against uh, traditional uh, Western or white European you know, families and our, our, our societies, our civilization, right? That, that's, that's how it works. Whether it's immigrant groups or other non-white groups or whether it's gays or lesbians, whatever it is, trannies. 
Uh, he also suggested uh, that employees identify their preferred pronouns in emails and when introducing themselves in meetings, according to the outlet. Yeah, here they are, like, I mean, I know Blinken was not in then, right? But it's like, State Department, like, this, their environment overall. Like, here they are, like, behind, you know, murdering, like, Gaddafi. With, like, those, Hillary Clinton was, like, heading up the State Department then, right? We saw, he, we came, he died, right? Remember that famous clip? The brutality of... Just that alone, but everything that f has followed there in that country since these gay operators are in there, you know, doing coups and taking out leaders and all that kind of stuff, right? Taking out Gaddafi, you know, for, for, for all the shit that they're trying to push on us. Like, then slavery comes back to, like, Libya, and then like, they're using Libya as a springboard for the whole migrant invasion of Europe. And none of that, I'm not saying it would have been impossible without that, but I'm saying that was certainly part of the, of the, of the plan. And it's like, oh, the State Department is like, yeah, we're yeah, we're murdering people, doing gay ops, millions of people suffering, but you can't you can't misgender. Gotta use the right language. Accessibility. The Soidberg says D-E-I-A. I thought I like ass rape better. Diversity, equity, inclusion, and ass accessibility. Access ass accessibility. Uh, 160 squats done, only 90 to go. Aerobics with red eyes. There you go. Open your vault. Man, it's too late to uh, do exercise for me now. I'm gonna do it over the over the weekend. Uh, all right. Anyway, I think we got. I think you got that down of what that's about. But uh, part of the reason I wanted to play that too, or show that, is because I want to play. I wanted to play this. Check this out. I didn't do this yet. There was a, some interesting comments. That Putin had after uh, Tucker, he said he didn't really like the interview. He thought he had asked, asked harder questions, like there was things like that. He said, um, although correctly, again, he did say, um, you know, they're like, remember they talked about the sanctions on on, on Tucker, and no, I don't think anything came from that, by the way, unless he's still over there. But the, you know, part of EU didn't want him to come back in or whatever. You know, things like this. But it is kind of telling, though, in a sense, right? This like a Tucker is not banned. But a Jared Taylor is like he's kicked out of the Schengen zone. You know what I mean? Like th that is telling. It, granted, okay, it's a bigger name, Tucker. It would be a greater risk. It would, it would expose a few more things. But ultimately, a Tucker is not really a a danger to. You could argue that there is even a, serving a, a purpose for the greater, uh, you know, objective, uh, if you will, of of this little dance of like, kind of like that. Their options is like to choose between. You know the BRICS or the West. It's like you know NATO or, or do you want uh, you know the, the the Belt and Road Initiative countries? Which oh, which side is your oh, cool Coke or Pepsi or what? What you know? Uh, it's called a false choice. But anyway, still doesn't mean Tucker hasn't made some good points occasionally. It doesn't mean Putin hasn't made some good points occasionally uh, as well. But this was an interesting one in the wake of the interview. Uh, what was the what was the other? What's a couple of clips he did beyond this blinking one here yeah putin on tucker be, on tucker carlson being arrested or sanctioned by the and he called him you know the dictatorial liberal democratic level like they're authoritarian which which is true you know what i mean of course they certainly have their own corruption issues in russia so it's not that you know um you could say it's maybe whataboutism or something like that although navalny actually going back to the COVID story it seems that Navalny was quadruply vaxxed, by the way, by the Pfizer shot. 
So some people say, well, maybe, so maybe the West killed him after all. I guess, well, if we want to pin it on one guy, it would be Borla, I guess, technically. Uh, Borla took out Navalny. I don't know. Um, but anyway, they, so beyond that, we, even if you died by vaccine or not, they obviously have their other issues. Uh, but, you know, correctly said, yeah, the, of, of course there's like hypocrisy about the talking about openness in the West and democracy and all this shit. And then like they jail people. They put, they put them in jail for like driving over a, a tranny flag in, a, in their pickup truck. Like there's crazy things like that, right? Uh, but he did say, Putin did say he preferred Biden over Trump because Biden is a more stable politician. And then people, <laughs> some people are like, clear chess, 4D chess move here. Now checkmate on the issue of trying to kind of accuse Trump of being Putin's, you know, shill. But that didn't help. They're still pushing that, by the way, too, that he's doing the bidding of them. And he loves Putin. Uh, but anyway, here's Blink. Check out this here. Regarding Blinken. Mr. Blinken is one of ours, says Putin. Look at this. Mr. Blinken's great-grandfather indeed fled from the Russian Empire. He was born somewhere in Poltava region and then lived in Kiev and fled from Kiev. So the question is bound to arise. Does Mr. Blinken think that this is historically Russian territory, Kiev and adjacent territories? That's one thing. Thing number two, if he says that his great-grandfather fled Jewish pogroms in Russia, and mm -hmm. at least I'd like to emphasize, he thinks that back in 1904, which is when his great-grandfather left Kiev for the United States, so back in 1904 there was no Ukraine there, if he says that his great-grandfather <laughs> fled from Russia. I guess Mr. Blinken is one of ours then. Ah, uh, well, well, Mr. Putin, I think we can all agree. Uh, well, for the most part in the West, you can. How about we? How about we give you Blinken back? We do that, and you can sit and look at old maps uh, of uh, not Ukraine uh, together. How about that? But yeah, so he he wants to have this Jewish guy. It's <laughs> clearly he's clearly one of ours. You can have him back, and it, maybe he can put some problematic language. Um, lessons in place over there and again I mean, this is the one like you know one of the few redeeming qualities that russia does have right they're like they're obviously better on on the uh, you know gay tranny uh, homosexual propaganda aimed at kids i think there was a re resurgence recently again in the news of them like saying you know leave our kids alone or whatever but the bar is so the bar is so low in the west that we miss misunderstand that for like greatness <laughs> you know what i mean it's like this would just be the default natural uh, position but it's so rotten to the core in the west that someone rolls around and just takes a no normal sensible position on something and we're like wait he's our savior <laughs> it's like ah, it's, not, it's not really that it's just that the bar is so low and it's so corrupt and we gotta watch out for that trap to fall into that uh, speaking about, uh, speaking of bad, uh, impactful Jewish guys, uh, here is all our favorite here, our, our Jewish activist Mallorcas of the Department of Homeland Security. <clears throat> I missed this part of the exchange between Holly and Mallorcas. 
where it was revealed that at least 600 agents from Homeland Security have been taken off criminal investigations to literally make sandwiches for migrant invaders. <laughs> are, are there HSI special agents who are currently at the border, having been pulled away from other cases? Combating, yes no? combating the fight against fentanyl, yes. How many agents are currently at the border having been pulled off? Well, that worked out for uh, great for Wichitkis, uh, son. Off of their other cases. To fight uh, the scourge of fentanyl, I'd be very pleased to provide you with that data. That's not what the special agent is, is alleging. That's not what she said. She said that they're being taken off of fentanyl interdiction, off of child exploitation cases, off of their other investigations into criminals to make sandwiches. That's her quote. You're saying <laughs> that this is a lie? That she's wrong? Uh, Senator, um, we have a number of law enforcement priorities with the resources. Is making we sandwiches have. one of them? We have, uh, of course not, Senator. We <laughs> accomplish a tremendous amount. Because, Is she wrong? Because of the tremendous talent and dedication of our personnel, including. A homeland security investigation. Making sandwiches for, for illegal immigrants. Is she wrong? This is one of your agents. Is she wrong? She says that there are 600 at least special agents pulled off of other cases, sent down to the border to babysit illegal immigrants. Is she wrong? Uh, Senator, um, our personnel, we use our personnel to achieve the maximum law enforcement objective possible. Ah. Uh, that is go. what we do. And so I'm you're not going to deny it. And I'm incredibly proud of what our people do <laughs> this, is day. this is news. This is news. There we go. All right, well, at least he got a couple of things out of the guy. Fascinating. Can we play this one? <laughs> Let me see here. Uh, I guess we could play... We can play this one here, Trudeau. We're going to wrap up here shortly. Man, we're going for... for uh, Zwei hours here. Uh, what do we have? Did I miss one here? Maybe next time say, can we just can we just be given the data of pure blood versus jabbed sheeple and judge for ourselves? Where is the fucking comparison? Yeah, <clears throat> exactly. Yeah, I guess it comes down to the what the data. How do you you know what I mean? Like how do you? My, my point was early. How do you get like uncorrupt? It would never be right, but like uncorrupted data or or data that. Because you have to look at everything, right? That that's it, it, it's basically like yes, we can have a plausibly or, or possibly this is the reason, or you know, thinking of it logically, introduction of this thing, and then all these health things happen, right? So I'm not saying yes, that's that's pretty clear, cut and dry, but I'm also saying, but there's all these other things on top of it, right? The toxic load is getting worse. People are staying still more often. Uh, yes, you have introduction of uh, you know new um, you know high high frequency non ionizing radiation like yes five G and those kinds of technologies Wi Fi in the homes like do you know what I'm saying like you have all these other variables that's also on top of it. It's adding more to it. People are sitting more in front of their screens. Um, the, our food is getting worse. You know what I mean. And so those are all, as I said, anyway, like compounding issues, toxic, toxic things in our air. Like, uh, Fukushima just dumped more radioactive water into our ocean. You know what I mean? Like there's there's things like that, which is like, does that contribute to like to turbo cancers? And it's like, yeah, I'm sure it is. You know what I mean? So it's never just going to be the one thing. But I agree with you. I think I would love to have just that. You know as black and white as possible, you know what I mean, the data, but I, I, I'm, I'm pretty, 
after looking at everything, I'm pretty convinced that, like, yeah, the introduction of that and those have been, like, quadruply vaxxed or whatever, given that, with the exception, if this thing about so-called bad batches or bad lots is true, which it seems to be, I don't think, I haven't seen anything that have debunked that, at least uh, as far as I'm concerned, that some of the stuff seems to have been <clears throat> inert or maybe it was saline solution or, 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 or it wasn't, it didn't have the, the stuff that like actually like gives people a lot of health issues or, or I don't know, just kills them in it, whatever that is. The other thing was the DNA contamination of itself that people found, like all these foreign DNA, like millions of strands of foreign DNA. And now we know it integrates with you, it integrates with your DNA, it changes your DNA permanent, like all these crazy things. It's insane what we've seen with the rollout of the of the of the jab. And and how it's just like this, yeah, it's it's fine. And the ex excess deaths is going up, and there's no wider discussion anywhere really, beyond more you know alternative health people on online and stuff like that. Of course, you know, it's truly truly insane, insane times. All right. I'm going to wrap up right there. That's a good... Uh, making sandwiches for illegal migrants. That's, that's a good uh, that's a good thing to wrap up on. Oh, let's play Trudeau. We could play Trudeau here too. Canada. And with, and with something from Canada. Um, what was the other segment? What was the other thing? We could talk about that tomorrow. But yeah, apparently they have a new law <clears throat> in Canada. Oh, oh, a new law, you say? Oh, interesting. I wonder what that's about. Oh, it's about restricting you and putting you in jail for saying the wrong things? Huh, who could have known? But anyway, so from that perspective, then, uh, it's my pleasure to introduce you to uh, Justin Trudeau's latest take on deliberately undermining the very, very, very honorable credibility that the mainstream media has in Canada and elsewhere. There is out there a deliberate... There is, there is... How do you do? There is. Gotta have the lisp in there too. There is out there a deliberate undermining of mainstream media. Uh, there are no. the conspiracy theorists, there uh. are the social media drivers who uh, are trying to do everything they can to keep people in their little filter bubbles, to prevent people from actually agreeing on a common set of facts the way. Uh, yes, you know, a common set of facts. CBC. The, like that the, the vaccine is safe and effective. And CTV, when they were our only sources of news, you know, used to, used to, and global, Bruh. used to project across the country, at least a common understanding of things. Brought to you by Pfizer. Gotta have a common understanding of things. What, what happened with co a common shared values? Mm, yes, in this day and age, when I, all this individuality and you can do what you can believe, whatever you want, <laughs> you can be whatever you want. We need, actually, Actually, we need this very narrow set of facts here that uh, you need to adhere to. And if you bounce up against the, you know, the playpen, the walls of this of this narrowing corridor, we'll uh, we'll basically criminalize you and we'll put you in jail. Uh, that's your that's your common sense of fact right there. Uh, <clears throat> holy shit! All right. Anyway, it's getting late over here, guys. So we gotta we gotta wrap up. Uh, hope you enjoyed the uh, the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for sitting in with us a little bit as we cover some of this crazy stuff here. We're going to be back with more tomorrow uh, for Flashback Friday. And uh, we have some other stuff we're going to cover that too, some good stuff. So make sure you tune in for that live. We are going to go live half an hour earlier than, than normal. Um, 
So 4, 4.30, I, I believe. It's not 100% set yet. Depends on the schedule a little bit tomorrow, too. Uh, but I, I assume that's what we'll do, 4.30 uh, Eastern, and that is 10.30 Central European time. Uh, so definitely tune in for that. And, of course, if you did miss it, uh, definitely check out the latest Western Warrior. It went up yesterday. Great show, as always, of course. Very white-pilled, delivered in a humorous, yet, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a pressing manner we have some fun but uh we know it's a, it's serious as well at the same time i think you can juggle both you can do both a little bit of both at the same time um and of course uh you don't want to be you don't want to be gay right so definitely don't miss out on on western warrior redassmembers.com head on over there sign up 10 bucks a month you can also sign up over on odyssey subscribe star uh or check out our locals redicetv.locals.com We'll probably do, uh, yeah, I don't know, locals have a live stream thing, and obviously we we live stream through redhousemembers.com as well, so members can check out all our live streams there. Uh, but we'll probably do, we'll introduce a little bit more, um, some more um, members uh, live streams, or maybe we'll do like a, maybe like an after aftermath or after after flash or something like that, like a flashback Friday. We do flashback Friday as usual. And then we look like a half an hour maybe in the member section or something like that. I haven't, we haven't nailed all that out yet or hammered all that out yet. Uh, but that's one of the things we're thinking about. Uh, so that's one of the other things we're uh, working on. But in the meantime, of course, uh, check out our archives over there at redhousemembers.com. Tons of shows. We almost, uh, what was it, almost 300 shows for uh, Western Warrior, uh, which is not, not too bad, not too shabby. One of our best stuff that we do. So definitely check that out. Uh, Ten bucks a month. But if you, if you want to get it... Um, Cheaper per month, you can just get a, a longer subscription too, by the way. So you can get all the way up to two years, but we have one year, nine months, six months, and stuff like that too. But um, the cheapest, if you will, uh, less money per month is if you get a two-year one. A great way of supporting us as well, of course, and you get access to some of our best stuff. So definitely check that out. Uh, also, we do have a executive producer tier for those of you who want to do a little bit extra for us. We also have a producer tier. It's a great way of supporting us. Uh, get a shout-out at the end of the show. And that's happening right now. Thank you, T. Lothrop, Stoddard, V. Miller, Resin Revolt. We also have Good Luck Lap, Jake, Red Pill Rundown, French 47, Mark Smith, No One Jeeves, President Ubunga, Mongoose, William Fox, Angry White Soccer Mom, The Second Wanderer, Operation Werewolf, The Ride Never Ends, Dill Bob, Last Place Simp, Joseph Hart, Purple Haze, we also have Rex Ballington, Commie Combo Deal, The Dearborn Toxic Event, Brendan Anthony, Penelope 7 USA, Bertrand Comparet, and we have Dixie Drum Force and our latest edition, Arctic Wolf. Thank you guys. Thank you so much, all of you, for your support. Our producers, Mr. Walker, 696, Obadiah Hexwill, Johansson, Perfect Brute, Leroy Dumond, Single Action Army, Snark Pop, Lord HB Lovecraft, Eyes open, Trevor, Mr. Lemry, Der Schwabe, Urinu, and Sonata for Violin. I think I saw a new one on uh, Subscribestar as well. Uh, we'll reach out. We'll get you into the rotation as well. But thank you, guys. We appreciate all of you. If you have, um, and I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again uh, just in case. There's many different sites and places now. We have our you know memberships. So you can get access to this and that or whatever. Or you get a tier over here. And if we, for some reason, miss it, you know, because we got to check Odyssey, Subscribestar, Donorbox, 
uh, or it could be through locals or something like that. So if you've fallen through the cracks, if you haven't gotten you into the rotation or if your membership is not uh, activated, if you want it activated on like redhousemembers.com, uh, you can always write to us and we'll try to get that straightened out for you as soon as possible. Uh, Redhouse at protomail.com. But again, if you want to get one of those uh, producer tiers or executive producer ones, uh, you can get it at Odyssey or Subscribestar uh, or redhousemembers.com. That's our little plug. If you don't have a membership yet, now is a great time to get in there, support our work, make sure that we can continue. Thank you, guys. Appreciate all you. All right, so we'll be back here uh, tomorrow then, or again a little bit later, if you're tuning in <clears throat> late, if it's uh, early morning, I guess, uh, for you guys, down under, something like that, over in Europe. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back tomorrow. Take care, everybody. Hope you enjoy the show. We'll see you later. Thank you for watching. Go to RedIceMembers.com and sign up for our exclusive members content. Don't miss our latest shows, interviews, and other videos only for subscribers. You can also become a member by signing up at Subscribestar.com forward slash RedIce. Get full access and help support our work. See you on the other side.